Hey, welcome to TPT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. I have with me today our two regular guests, Maury Hirsch Gordon. Maury, how are you doing? Dan, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on again. Oh, my pleasure. And, and also Josh Brown. Josh, how are you? Doing good, Dan. Almost uh, Thanksgiving. Time's flying. It really is. So guys, um, some big things are going on in basketball right now. College basketball is in full swing. Obviously, the EuroLeague is really kicking off. The NBA is in regular season. Anything standing out to you guys that you've been noticing over the last week or two in basketball? You know, I'm personally, we talked about it off the air. I'm a uh, Northeastern guy, and we beat UConn uh, on Monday night, which was a big, big win for us. I mean, other than that, it seems like it's uh, kind of the, the top teams again, you know, Duke, Michigan State. Um, hopefully, well, Michigan State was a TBT team. Hopefully all these top teams will uh, jump in in 2017. But it looks like kind of uh, more of the same in the college world. Uh, college world. Kentucky's in there. Um, uh, I guess UConn's the, the other big story. You know, they're 0-2 right now. They were, uh, you know, they had a good run last year. They were supposed to be good. But they're uh, off to a little bit of a slow beginning right now but uh you know it's always good no matter what dan for college basketball to be out i feel like that's the ultimate kind of wednesday at 9 p.m when you have nothing to do just flip on a college basketball game and you'll get uh some great entertainment so uh nothing huge yet in the college world but it's good to be back the um the huskies are actually one and two that we're recording this on a friday so they beat loyola marymount last night and loyola really gave them Uh a run so is that an indictment of uconn that they lost to northeastern or is northeastern very good this year um, well, we were only picked to finish seventh in the conference, but that was actually before Northeastern. They got Eric, uh, Dan, you know Eric Murphy. They got his brother, Alex Murphy, a transfer from Duke in Florida. Uh, he's a graduate student at Northeastern. So that kind of really changed the uh, whole outlook on the season. So they're 2-0 right now. They play in a big tournament over at BU this weekend. We'll see how they do. Um, but uh, that Alex Murphy uh, get late in the year, very late, only a couple of weeks before the season began, uh, really kind of gave any you a boost going into the air. Maury, how about you? Anything sticking out? Um, not much. You know, one of the teams we cover in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference is Monmouth, and we know, you know, kind of the national buzz and hype that they had last year because of the bench mob. Uh, you know, they're looking good again. They they, t- they lost a tough one at South Carolina on a crazy finish, if anyone saw it. It, it was absolutely ridiculous. Monmouth was down big in the second half, and they, and they came back. South Carolina is down by one with eight seconds and throws a swing pass from one corner to the other corner. And it was kind of like, um, you know, one of the South Carolina Gamecocks players jumped up in midair, caught the pass and put it in, uh, which spoiled one of Mammoth's, you know, power five wins to start the year. Mammoth goes to Syracuse tonight. Uh, so, you know, Mammoth, Mammoth bench, uh, the Mammoth Hawks are back in action, uh, you know, on a national scene. Um, and then, no, I mean, I was at the UConn women's against uh, Baylor Bears women's game last night. And probably one of the biggest women's basketball games of the entire season, UConn unveiled its fourth straight national championship banner, and they had a 76-game winning streak on the line. And you know they they went past the Bears. So you know not only is college basketball looking good on on the men's side, but but the women's as well. You know we've actually had this conversation a couple of times internally within TBT, and there's been some outreach. But it seems to me like a couple of the players uh, that have played on UConn in the past, Diana Terezi is one name that comes up quite a bit, would do pretty well in TBT. Uh, on a men's team, you know, when we've had women play in TBT in the past, Maury, what do you think about that? Dan, I was sitting second row from the baseline last night. These women can play. It doesn't matter the size. It doesn't matter the strength. You know, they have the heart, they have the skill and they can really, you know, play against anybody. You have, you know, someone like Katie Lou, um, 
Samuelson on UConn, who's about 6'4". You have other great players on UConn. Baylor, Baylor had a couple, you know, forwards down low that looked to be like 6'3", 6'4", really wide, you know, can shoot the three, can play inside, can play outside. So it doesn't really matter if you're a guy or a girl because the game of basketball unites all. It does unite. It's a great, it's a great, very diplomatic answer there, Maury, and as well, it does unite everybody. Uh, you guys had some good conversations this past week, and I know that we're going to get to those in a second. Uh, Josh, you talked to Aaron Minkoff. Uh, actually, it was Josh. You talked to both people, I think. It was Aaron Minkoff and uh, from the Untouchables, the Pitt alumni team, and you also spoke with Dan Fitzgerald from the Golden Eagles alumni, which is the Marquette alumni team. Can you tell me a little bit about these conversations? I did, Dan. Yeah, the, uh, I began with Aaron Minkoff. We talked um, just a little while ago. We talked about, it, actually, kind of an interesting story with him. He's a Temple University alumni. They obviously had the North Broad Street Bullies in TBT, but he began a Pittsburgh alumni team, and we talked about that kind of dynamic, again, how a Temple guy began a team like, or a uh, uh, Pittsburgh team, you know, he's had uh, some connections within the program. He was a big fan growing up, and we talked about uh, really quite the run they made. One of the most probably pure, you know, purely talented teams that we had in TBT last year. And then with Dan Fitzgerald, we talked about um, it, it's kind of instructional for any GMs who want to give it a listen. How they maybe got a little bit complacent in the fan, uh, the fan voting process last year, and how that almost. Uh, cost them an automatic bid into TBT. And we actually talked about as well how they've had a lot of uh, Golden Eagles alumni, you know, staying true to their name, kind of knocking on their door to try to get in for next year. So uh, he talked about how they already had to make a couple cuts uh, to get the roster down for 2016 and 2017. It looks like they're going to have an even uh, bigger pool of players who want to play. So it makes his job uh, a little bit more difficult heading into July. More difficult, but always a good problem to have is to have too much talent, especially when you're trying to trying to win this money. All right, we'll go to those interviews now. Aaron Minkoff will be first, and we'll listen to Dan Fitzgerald's uh, conversation with Josh Brown right after that. Now, a big welcome to Aaron Minkoff, GM of the Untouchables. He will be joining us here on this episode of the TBT Podcast. Aaron, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Josh? Good, doing well, and uh, we're glad to have you after your team, the Untouchables, made quite a run to um, the Super 16 and beyond in last summer uh, over in Philadelphia. Uh, Aaron, let's kind of just get started, though, on the Generals. I think, uh, you know, I know you're a Pittsburgh guy who went to Temple. Um, you have a lot of Pittsburgh guys on the team, as well as, um, you know, other guys, whether it be Ricky Harris from Massachusetts, Devon Usher from Delaware. Um, I know I'm missing a couple off the top of my head. Cameron Clark was I, I know on the roster from Oklahoma so you have a couple of other guys besides the um core of Pittsburgh guys on that team how do you all kind of come together uh well so for me I grew up in Pittsburgh as you mentioned and uh my grandma and my aunt had or still have uh season tickets to pit basketball so I kind of grew up following the team and even though I was in Philly I still kind of kept up with the team paid attention when I was home on break I'd occasionally go to a game and uh, last year, uh, the guys at TBT had contacted me and said they wanted to tap into that pit network and see about getting a team together. I had done a few stories on the tournament, so I'd been in contact with uh, Jesse, the PR guy for uh, the tournament. And I just kind of started snowballing from there. I got in contact with uh, one of my friends, Will Sopwitz, who's a, a pit student himself. He's one of the team managers for the men's basketball team. And we started trying to put a team together. And it kind of just took off from there. I mean, the guys that we ended up having on our roster are not the guys we initially set out with. Um, but 
it kind of was more of like a they they kind of found me more than than I found them. You know, I wanted to do this. I wanted to get a team together. I I love basketball and uh you know Jermaine, Ricky, and Gail had kind of started their their team and they needed a GM. I needed a team and we kind of just blended together and it kind of took off from there. Now, how did you originally find out about TVT? I know you mentioned you uh I you were telling me before we got going you were a, a journalism major in school so you, you you wrote a couple of stories about it. But how did you originally hear about TVT? Well, so I, uh, you know, during undergrad, I wrote for a Philly basketball website called City of Basketball Love, and I also wrote for a pit basketball site out in Pittsburgh called Cardiac Hill, and between those two sites, I did quite a few stories uh, two summers ago on the tournament, and it kind of followed it and watched it from afar. I was actually in Pittsburgh that summer, so I wasn't able to get to any of the games, and then that's sort of how I, you know, understood what the tournament was and, and where it came from and the, pro- the voting process and and all of that. And then the next summer, you know, I was involved in it as a GM. So I kind of didn't necessarily have a, a long-term following of it. It was just one summer that I was active and, you know, kind of covering it. And then the next summer I took a direct role in it. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, I, I've mentioned this a couple times now on the show. I actually, uh, kind of went down the same route as you. I was actually just a fan in 2014 and 2015. I had a team, uh, in TBT. And then last year I began working, for TBT. Oh, so cool. We, what team did you have? I have the uh, the Jabroni Project, as our listeners are well aware of, as I pipe it down their throat <laughs> all the time. Uh, yeah, we, we were in the South <laughs> Regional. We had Tyshawn Taylor, um, a couple of other uh, notable guys. and uh, So I had that last year and then began working for TBT this year. Um, cool. Yeah, but Aaron, so uh, looking at the team, you mentioned how a lot of them came to you. Um, and we're going to get into the boosters in a second that you brought on, but... Uh, uh, you know, a lot of guys, what they talk about is how they uh, have to try to convince guys to come aboard. And, you know, they might be skeptical of TBT because, you know, they never heard of it. Two million dollar tournament. What do you mean? Um, did you have to do any convincing of guys? Was there anyone who was skeptical or was kind of skeptical, skeptical, excuse me, about the tournament? Or have they all kind of heard about it and, and kind of knew what they were getting into? I think it was a good mix. I'm sure there were some of the guys who were skeptical. I truthfully did not do most of the player recruiting that was kind of the guys kind of brought on the guys they'd play with overseas you know that's how uh cam even though he went to oklahoma got involved in it you know him and gill had played overseas he may play overseas with uh, a couple other guys too uh just these guys all play together they stay in contact with each other they kind of formed the team i kind of did the you know getting the votes and, and other aspects of the of the team but it, it wasn't much of a hard sell i mean you know two million dollars on the line getting to play with your friends again your brothers who whatever you however close you feel with your guys and it was just kind of a, a very neat experience to see them all. Some of them haven't seen each other in a while, and you know, just that kind of reunion of sorts is really special to be a part of. And you guys, like I mentioned, had a couple of notable uh, boosters on the team, Victor Cruz and Rudy Gay. I remember being in the TBT office when they both uh, sent their verification video, and it was certainly uh, an exciting moment there. How did you get them aboard? Was it a connection with the team? Yeah, just connection with the players, you know, who they knew. I know Ricky and uh, – and Vic are pretty good friends from uh, their days at UMass. And, you know, that's just kind of just, just the nature of this team was it was more of a – there was so much chemistry because everybody knew each other. Everybody was so close to each other. You know, Brandon, uh, who was a, an excellent coach this summer for us, he uh, he was really close with a lot of the guys coming into this from, from Baltimore and, you know, had been with them for, for so long that the chemistry was just there. Everyone kind of gelled together, whether they played together or not. It was just that was what kind of gave us an advantage this summer was there wasn't really a learning curve. You know, we had a few practices, but 
these guys had played together and the ones who hadn't played together were just added to the fold so quickly and there was you know we kind of hit the ground running in that first game and we got off to a big lead and it was just it was pretty cool to see how you know even when some of these guys haven't seen each other in, in a while they just, just that connection never leaves and like you mentioned, it you know gelled right away. You guys were one game away from the uh, Final Four in New York City at Fordham, uh, and just kind of give us a, a yeah. You know how fun was it for you um, to you know kind of go along for that ride? You guys, I mean, obviously made you know a deep, deep run. You know, only uh, losing again one game short of the Final Four. Just overall, what was kind of the experience like in TBT? Um, you know, game in, game out, and uh, what were kind of your expectations coming in? Did it live, did it live up to it? Did it surpass it? Uh, kind of, you know, just the general uh, feel of the tournament. Oh uh, well, so my expectations coming in were that we had a great team, we had a great chance to compete for a two million dollar prize. Uh, myself as a as a lifelong fan of these guys, having the opportunity to be with them in this process was something that is just it's difficult to put into words and you know coming one game short of the uh final four or semifinals whatever it's, it's called we were we were so close and what hurt the most was that we had a pretty sizable lead at halftime in that uh that, that elite eight game i don't know what i don't remember what the exact score was but i want to say we were up i know we were up by double digits and you know it was pretty tough uh to swallow after the game but you know, you kind of move on from it. You you rebound and just look forward to the next summer. As far as the experience itself goes, like I said, it's it's so hard to put into words. I honestly know what I expected going into it, uh, but whatever I did expect, it either lived up to that or exceeded that because it was just such a terrific experience. It was, it was just a quite a journey to be a part of. Seeing these guys, like you said, gel together and and the way that we, the, you know, that rematch with the the Syracuse alumni team in the uh, the Sweet 16. You know, that's an old Big East rival. Seeing how many people were getting hyped up for it on Twitter and Facebook and, you know, just the guys were hyped up for it. It was a night game. It was on ESPN. It was just it was a perfect storm of uh, just everything going on for us at that, that moment. That was actually my next question about the game against Behan's Army. Uh, how much did they... You know, when preparing for that game, how much did they reflect on their time playing against them in college versus you know watching their other games so far in TBT? You know, in other words, could they kind of did, did a lot of these guys uh, play against them in college? Obviously, you know, Pittsburgh and Syracuse have had their rivalries over the years, so uh, you know, I'm assuming these guys had you know at least a core of them had competed against Syracuse. So, how much did they uh, kind of live on that college experience and what they remember playing against them, or was it more uh, you know years of kind of passing? You just kind of uh, when scouting for that game relied what you saw them you know playing like in TBT uh, it was more of just these guys have seen each other so much whether it's here or they played against each other with each other in AAU or overseas or the, the Pitt Syracuse rivalry like you said is just so deep it's it's one of the you know as a Pitt fan it was one of the biggest games of the year every time Syracuse came to Pittsburgh and, and I think it's pretty much the same up there so these guys had seen each other they knew what was going on you know, we watched them play a few times uh, before. Uh, we'd seen them the year before. We knew what we were getting, uh, but I don't want to say that we were overconfident at all because they're so talented, and that game easily could have gone their way. It was so close at the end. And you know, they're so, I know they'll be back and, and better than they were last year, which is scary because they were very good. And you know, that was just one of the more fun experiences, I think, for me as well as the guys, getting to kind of relive that rivalry, the – the way the fans were reacting on both sides. I mean, I've never been a part of something that seemed so much bigger than the game itself that 
that those four days leading up to that Thursday night game were, were unreal. Our Twitter footprint grew massively. You know, people are constantly tweeting and retweeting content and just getting pretty excited. The some local media in Pittsburgh were covering it and were get hyping up the game and just the fact that it was on ESPN was just that it took that it took that little like rivalry to a whole nother level. I think the guys really bought into that. They're very excited coming into the game. They were very excited for the idea of getting another chance at this Syracuse team who a lot of them have played with. And it was just an all-around just awesome experience. Absolutely. Uh, for you guys, you mentioned uh, expecting to see Bayham's Army back bigger and better next year. I know it's very early, only November, but uh, you know, plans for an Untouchables reunion next year? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be back. Uh, the guys, you know, right after that, that loss, even though it was tough, they were already talking about coming back next year. We've been talking about it. Uh, I mean, barring any major setbacks with – uh, you know, any sort of issues that, that don't allow the, the team to come back together because they have other obligations over the summer, it, I would expect that, that we'll be back. As far as the makeup of the roster, you know, that's that's up in the air. I'm, I'm sure that all the guys who play definitely want to come back. And, you know, I, 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 to the extent that, that I'll be involved, I'm very excited for the, the summer tournament coming up. I am too because uh... – I, especially a little personal anecdote, Ricky Harris and LeVance Fields I watched extensively in college, so it, that was really fun to see the two of them. Uh, well, and seeing, the, seeing both of those guys, especially, who were so dynamic in college and so dynamic for us, you know, when, when you kind of put the team together and it has that pit feel, I mean, on the website it was called the Pitt Alumni Team, but, you know, a big part of our team was Ricky Harris. He was really involved in getting this team together. Uh, was a big leader in the locker room, a big leader on the court, one of our high scorers. You know, without him, this thing doesn't happen. And just seeing how he gelled with everybody on this team who went to Pitt, who had those four years together or two years together, however long they, you know, were together at the at at Pitt. Just seeing how he meshed in, it was as if it was as if he was there with them. And I know he was at UMass; it wasn't Pitt, and they weren't with him at UMass. But it was as if there was no gap. There wasn't a there wasn't any sort of learning curve with, with in adapting him to the offense. I mean, he was such a lethal force for us that it was pretty exciting to see. Yeah, it had some huge baskets for you guys in the regional round, too. Played very uh, well. Is there any team, I know you're a fan of basketball, is there any team um, other than you guys who you just enjoyed watching? I know you're a Temple guy and we had the North Broad Street Bullies or um, any other team you were, you had a chance to watch that you were impressed with? All the Philly teams were pretty exciting to see. Uh, I didn't really get a chance because I was involved in the tournament to watch any sort of the streams of what was going on in the other regions, but was definitely able to follow the Northeast region. You know, seeing the the Temple and LaSalle teams coming back together was pretty cool because, I mean, those are both pretty much the teams from my freshman year of undergrad. I remember watching those two go at it, and it was pretty cool to see them again. You know, seeing uh, was it FOE with... Yeah, just the amount of talent they put on the court and the energy they brought to the gym with them. I mean, those stands were, the fans were fantastic for those games. It was just, it was pretty exciting. I think the, the following that TBT had this year was pretty impressive, and I think that the the fans started to buy in, especially towards the later rounds. Uh, you know, it was one of the one of the fun experiences for me at least was all summer trying to get votes, and, and I guess at the end of spring trying to get votes for this team. A lot of my friends don't really understand what this is, why it's like why I'm trying to get them to vote, go to this website to vote for a basketball team. You know, some of them thought I personally was competing against the players in the roster in a basketball tournament, and they made fun of me for, you know, my lack of size and ability to compete. But uh, I think the pretty cool experience was I didn't really have cell phone reception during the, the, the hour leading up to the Syracuse game, about an hour after the, the Bayheim's Army game, sorry. Uh, so, you know, my phone, when I, when I left and I got home, 
I mean, the amount of messages I had from friends who were like, oh, just saw you on ESPN or saw this. Like, I think it was very real for so many people, myself included, that and I think there was, there was just so much good basketball in the Northeast region. I'm excited to see where you guys take it next year and, you know, what other teams you get together, the talent you have coming into it. And I think it's definitely, definitely evolving. Absolutely. And uh, last question we have for you. We've been asking every single GM. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Final Four or not, but uh, if you did, we've uh, been asking every GM. Uh, two-time defending champions, overseas elite, uh, undefeated in TVT play. Uh, again, if you watch them play, what's kind of the blueprint? How do you beat a team like that who has such depth that uh, I actually th- – Yo, between us, with everyone listening, I thought you guys were maybe one of the teams who could, if you guys ended up meeting up with them, could give them a really uh, hard test. So how, how do you beat a team like that as a GM? Is it just you know depth in all positions, or uh, you know because they're obviously kind of the baseline what you got, what every team is shooting for uh, heading into next year? Yeah, that that team is so talented, and talking about chemistry that we have, I mean, the chemistry they have is so deep that I think the only way to really beat a team like that because you know you can't let them out hustle you can't let them out rebound you they there's nothing there's no one thing I could point to right now and say you know that's what that's their weakness we're going to exploit that like there's they're so so well rounded as a team that you just have to match up with them and you got to just out hustle them and and just not just like hope but kind of hope that what you do works that night and hope that what they do doesn't work that night because they'll get you they have so much talent I what are they nine and zero or ten and zero in uh, TBT? Are, I think like, I believe ten and zero or eleven and zero right now. Yeah, that's 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 phenomenal. The amount of talent, especially this year, they they made it to the final four and the, what they the the map they had to take on. That's just they're so impressive. There's not one single thing I could point at and say that's the blueprint to beating them. I'm gonna have to go listen to see what other GMs said to see if <laughs> see if they have some sort of creative plan and maybe start formulating that, but. Yeah, I would have loved to, to see them. Would have loved to have a chance to beat them. Not to say that I don't think that it would. I think it would have been an amazing game, and they're clearly the best team in the tournament two years running. But it would have loved for for our guys to to get a swing at them. Well, I certainly hope that that will come true next year. Aaron, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you taking the time out, and uh, again, looking forward to seeing you guys back in 2017. All right, great. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Welcome back to the TBT Podcast here, welcoming Dan Fitzgerald, GM of the Marquette alumni team, the Golden Eagles alumni. Dan, thank you for joining us on short, on, uh, such short notice. How you doing? No problem. I'm good. How are you? Doing well, Dan. And I wanted to get you guys on because you guys were one of the more uh, interesting alumni teams to come out of TBT. I know a lot of eyes on you both. Uh, you know, internally, us in TBT, um, outside of TBT, I know the media, you guys got a significant amount of attention, whether it be because of, uh, you know, Leslie coaching the team and uh, just, you know, some of the names you had on the team, whether it be Darius, you know, he was a big draw, uh, and a couple of other guys you had. But uh, let's kind of go back to the beginning, because, again, you were a first-year team. Uh, how did you originally hear about TBT, and how did you kind of get this group of guys together? I know you kind of spearheaded the whole thing. Sure. Um, I was... I was contacted by somebody at Marquette who I assume TBT contacted trying to find somebody who would um, be interested and, and good for um, starting a team for Marquette. So when they asked me, I jumped at the chance. Um, I'd heard about TBT before that. Um, I don't, I'd caught maybe a game or two um, from the previous year or the year before that. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I didn't know much beyond 
you know, what the announcers were saying in the final game or the final four or whatever it was I was watching, but it was pretty cool. And, um, so when they asked me, I thought, let's do it. Let's see if uh, we can get a good team together. Um, it was cert at the beginning, it was certainly contingent upon if I could get enough guys, um, that were available and wanted to do it. Um, but I learned pretty quick that a bunch of guys really wanted to do it. And, uh, we were lucky that everyone was still around and, um, you know, summer's a busy time for players, so it was good. We got a great turnout, and we played pretty well. We are bummed we lost in the, was it the fourth game, the uh, Elite Eight, I guess, but um, it was a ton of fun. And, you know, I know you mentioned you had heard about TVT before um, in 2015. I know, you know, on some of the alumni teams especially, uh, they're made up of guys who may not have heard it from before. Did you get any kind of, um, you know, skeptics who didn't, you know, they're thinking how can – how can we win $2 million for playing, you know, eight games and, or, you know, anything like that? Was there anyone who was kind of on the fence that you had to rattle in and, and really kind of uh, explain to them, you know, what TBT is and kind of um, that, you know, it, it is a real thing. Cause again, I know a lot of times uh, at first people are kind of drawn back that you can win that amount of money in such a short amount of time. Well, well, I, I felt that way at the beginning. <laughs> I was saying 2 million bucks, you know, how does this work? <laughs> There's gotta be a catch. <laughs> Um, and I, and my second reaction was I'm surprised no one's thought of this before. It's such a unique, um, event. Um, and we, like I said, we had a great time. Um, after, after like the first guy committed, uh, the first player I called was Jarrell McNeil. Once he committed, I think the rest of the guys, uh, followed suit pretty quickly. So they, once they submit, once they saw one guy, commit um they said okay let's do it so um it wasn't too difficult um it was just a cool unique opportunity and and guys are playing in the summer anyway so why not play for some money right absolutely and um i one of the other interesting things with the alumni teams that i've heard is um you know, some guys will feel that maybe weren't on the team after kind of watching the run progress that, oh, you know, they felt left out. They should have been on the team. They want to play moving forward. Have you gotten a lot of that at Marquette guys who maybe watch TVT and now want to be a part of it after, you know, seeing, again, it's a legit thing and all the guys who participated in it, whether it be, you know, former teammates or, or guys who played in college before them or after them? Yeah, I think my job's going to be even harder next year because even this year or this past year, we already um, – had to say no to a few guys. Um, so I'm pretty sure next year it's going to be even tougher to, to nail down the roster. Um, but that's a good sign. I think, um, there's a ton of guys that really want to be involved with it. Um, so I think we'll be able to field a, a good team again and hopefully better. And I'm actually looking at the uh, some notable Marquette alumni right now. You guys certainly don't have a shortage of people you could bring on uh, if they wanted to play. And um, I, I guess for you, uh, or one notable guy that you guys did have was the coach of the team, Wesley Johnson. I got to know him pretty well um, throughout your guys' run. Um, how what was kind of his reaction? Because again, um, you know, he was coaching the team. He couldn't play. He's on um, obviously playing in the NBA. Very elite player. Um, doing well for himself over in Dallas. What was his reaction kind of coaching? Because, you know, if you watched him on the sidelines, he was all in on that team. He was uh, a lot of emotion. He was very into every game. Um, How do you kind of approach that to him? And was he kind of all in from the beginning? And Because uh, it certainly seemed like by the end he was, uh, you know, 100% into TBT again, really showing a lot of emotion uh, on the sideline. Wesley Matthews was in it um, 100% right when we talked. Um, and I was, and it's kind of how he plays too. Um, he was he was all for it. He was as jacked as ever any other player was. 
Um, I wasn't sure if he'd be involved. I wanted him, wanted him to be involved in some capacity, whether it was just a booster to, you know, tweet for us to get some votes. But he says, what can I do? Can I, I want to coach. Can I coach? And I said, yeah. So he was in, um, and he was, he went at it a hundred percent. It was really fun uh, to coach with them and talk strategy and in-game stuff. You could tell he was having a ball. Hey. Um, of course, we'd like him to play, but um, you understand why he can't. But it was really cool to have him involved uh, the whole process. Absolutely. And uh, if I remember correctly, I could be wrong here. You had to coach a game, right? He had to miss one because of an uh, absence? Yeah, he had a – I think he had a wedding to go to. Um, but we also had Travis Diener. He was our other co-coach. Um, so those two kind of together were um, were coaching together, and I kind of filled in the spots where I, where there was need. But um, I had those two guys to do the bulk of the coaching, and that was perfect. Um, I think Travis had to miss one game, um, so it was Wes and I, and then the next game Wes had to miss it, um, so it was Travis and I. But um, it was a lot of fun, the three of us kind of planning things and then um, coaching during the games. What kind of uh, support did you get from the, uh, you know, the Marquette Athletic, you know, uh, the athletic community, um, whether it be the fans and also, um, you know, just the basketball, you know, program in general at Marquette, where they kind of, they embrace TBT. Uh, I know, for example, um, if you look at a team like Bradley, their whole, you know, athletic department was all in. What was it kind of like at Marquette? Did they embrace uh, this tournament and all these guys getting back together? They did. The administration and the program were really um... – they backed us uh, completely and were helping us with getting votes and, and spreading the word. And even coach Wojo was, um, was following along. He thought it was a great idea. Um, he had all the guys come in um, before the tournament and do a little mini camp at Marquette on campus. So that was a ton of fun. So they really did support us. Um, and then the fans were pretty awesome. The, the first rounds in Chicago, um, we, you know, we have a ton of, a big alumni base in Chicago and it's close to Milwaukee. So those couple games were really rocking when, uh, when we had all our fans there, that was pretty cool uh, to see again. It's been a while since I've been to a Marquette game or been involved in one. So it was fun even for me just to be on the sidelines with, uh, with all the crowd, the Marquette contingent was there. You guys were prime time a couple of games too. Certainly uh, that was fun to watch all the fans uh, fill it out. What was it like, you know, as general coming back? And these are a lot of guys who you were teammates with, but you know, you look up and down the roster. These are, you guys are one of the most, uh, um, you know, kind of worldly travelers. If you look at some of these guys, guys really all over the world, whether it be in the NBA, um, you you had a lengthy career overseas, as have many of these guys. So you know, you you probably haven't been able to all kind of get back together as a unit uh, as much as you were obviously able to for that month uh, stretch in TBT. What was that like, just being back around the team, uh, kind of reliving the old days? That was probably the best part, um, getting all the guys together. It generally does happen. Uh, most of the guys do come back to Milwaukee for one point or another. A bunch of them are in Milwaukee. Um, that's where they live in full time or um, surrounding area. So a lot of guys do come um, back during the summer and playing pickup, pickup ball a lot and working out together. That's always that was always fun for me. Um, so I played when I was playing. Um, I live now in Milwaukee and five minutes from campus and. It was. I'd always come back and work out at the at the Al, and the program always welcomes back all the alumni. So we do that anyway. But um, the TBT gave 
another incentive for everyone to take it pretty seriously and come back and 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 more guys than ever um, came together so that was probably the best part um, seeing all the guys again again um, some I played with some are older some are younger um, but it was a ton of fun getting all those um, different players together now I know you mentioned you had briefly heard about TVT before um, last year what was it like when you showed up you know I know um Obviously, the games you played, I'm sure you were able to catch some other games, whether it be um, in Chicago or, or down in Philadelphia um, for the Final 16. What was the competition level like, the general format of the tournament? Did it meet expectations, exceed expectations, lower, um, you know, in terms of everything, whether, again, it be presentation, the competition, etc.? I think it exceeded expectations for me. I, I didn't really know what to expect. I thought it was very well run. Um, once we got to the once we got to Chicago, obviously there was a buzz. I think for us especially, just because we had so many fans in the area. Um, but it was run really well. They took good care of us, um, and the games, the competition was great. I mean, there's some some real some high profile guys and even guys who aren't. Um, there's a ton of talent, and um, you know, obviously from our first game going down to the wire, that was a great example of the competition. So um, it's such a cool idea, and we're happy to be a part of it. Was there any teams in general that you kind of enjoyed watching? I mean, you got to be, uh, you were in Chicago, obviously, with Mike Bibby and Jason Williams, and also actually in Philadelphia with them. Um, I know they were uh, a fan favorite, uh, or, you know, any other teams, maybe another alumni team that you remember facing off with in college that you enjoyed watching. Was there any kind of uh, group? Obviously, I know, um, you know, Marquette was your number one priority there, but, you know, another team you enjoyed kind of watching uh, play during TBT? Sure, I, I get the appeal of the ex-NBA guys. That was cool to kind of see them play and play against anybody who was in the in the tournament. That was a lot of fun. But for, for me, I think it was cool seeing the other alumni teams and playing against them. Um, it was pretty fun to lay lay it to Michigan State. They beat us pretty bad when I was in college, so that was kind of nice a nice consolation prize to whoop on them a little bit. Um, Bradley, it was really fun. You know, they, they didn't have a ton of big names, but they obviously beat us and played really well. And, and I think those are the type, kinds of teams that um, that'll continue to do well in this tournament. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, the team before that, I believe, it was Armored Athlete. Yeah. I think there were some Indiana guys and Butler um, teams that Marquette has played against. Some of the guys have played against in the past. Um, so it was a lot of fun for me. It was the alumni. The alumni teams were the were the cool draw for me. Absolutely, I think uh, that armored athlete game. Everyone was looking forward to that one. That one had uh, you guys played a very good game, but that had potential to be probably the game of the tournament. Uh, armored athlete making a deep run in 2015, and you guys uh, obviously sent an end to their run there. Um, just a couple of more things moving forward. You kind of hinted at it already. Um, how you know your life is going to get a little bit more dif- difficult this year trying to uh you know manage the roster how difficult though was the fan portion getting enough fan votes uh the competition uh really in all regions kind of went down to the wire how kind of one difficult was it for you obviously you guys have a very lucrative network that you can turn to and two how kind of stressful was it especially in the final weeks making sure you guys were um, you know where you need to be to get in it was it was more stressful than expected coming down the stretch. I think we barely got in, um, so I'll certainly think about doing things a little differently next year. 
Um, but like you said, we have a ton of fan following. I didn't think people quite grasped the idea that we needed and that we needed more votes and fans needed to fans needed to get other fans to vote for us to even get in. I think, you know, even I'm guilty of it. I thought we'd get in easily, but we were, we were sweating at the end. So, um, it's really cool concept. Um, having the fans an opportunity, you know, to get, to be involved and win some money too, if we win. So that and it's added incentive is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, we're going to try and do better and get even more votes, uh, next year. Absolutely. And that kind of uh, answers my next question too, that you guys are planning a, a return comeback for TBT. Last question I have that I've been asking to every GM. I don't know if you were able to catch any of the uh, final four or not. Um, I just kind of a fun question that, uh, you know, not many people have a great answer to our defending champions, two time champions now overseas elite undefeated in TBT play. And they're obviously kind of the gold standard, what everyone's going at um, when you're assembling a roster in general, or when you're playing a team like that with such great depth at the guard position, uh, DJ Kennedy and uh, notable other guys at the forward position. Um, just again, just great depth all, uh, around. How do you kind of beat a team like that? Those one battle tested in TBT. They've never lost a game. They've come back from, you know, 20 point deficits multiple times and, uh, two now the two time defending champions. How do you kind of, as a GM one construct a team, uh, to beat them in two as a coach, just like on the court, how do you kind of approach a team like that? Um, well, they, they certainly have set the standard, you know, back to back champions so early in the TBT's, um, existence is pretty amazing. So they certainly, uh, set the standard and, um, for us to have a team that could compete for beating a team like that, um, we got to play really well. And, um, I, I thought we'd had a great chance of getting to the championship game. And then I figured they'd be in the final and, and we'd have to, and I knew we'd have to play super well to, to beat a team like that. So, um, you know, I couldn't tell you, we, <laughs> you got to have a team that, that plays well together. You can have as many big names as you want, but, um, you need a team that really does play together. That's how Bradley beat us. They, they played really well together. Um, and I think they're, um, the way the overseas league plays together is really why they won. They've got, they've got some good big names on their team, but, um, they sure do play together. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing and how most teams win. Absolutely, and uh, we will be looking forward to seeing if we can see that matchup next year in TBT. Dan Fitzgerald, GM of the Golden Eagles alumni, thank you again for joining us on uh, such quick notes. Great stuff. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right, great stuff from Josh Brown with uh, Aaron Minkoff first and then Dan Fitzgerald secondly of the Marquette alumni team. Guys, let's talk a little bit about what's going on overseas. I know that you guys have been keeping up with uh, things around Europe and South America, around Asia. Uh, Maury, let's start with you. Kind of a slow week overseas, Dan, um, but we're going to start in Argentina, uh, where Rodney Green from 20th and Alney, which was the LaSalle University alumni team, he's playing for Instituto Atletico Central in Argentina's A-League. The team is 7-8 and eight with just a couple games left in the regular season. They're looking to uh, win the last couple games and make the playoffs. He's averaging 17.3 points, which is fifth best in the league in scoring. About five rebounds and three assists a game. Real heady guard. He's been averaging, he's been in double digits every single game but one this year. Just a really phenomenal player. 
you know, all around both sides of the basketball, offensively and defensively. And then I'm going a little old school here. Ryan Rossiter, who played for the Liberty Ballers in TBT 2015, is absolutely dominating uh, a league in, out in Japan. He's playing for Tochiji Bray, the same league that Justin Burrell and other TBT basketball players play in. He's averaging uh, 19.4 points, which is third in the league. He's second in the league in rebounding at 11 and a half rebounds per game. So there you have it. He's averaging a double double, and he's fifth in the league in blocks. A player that can play inside and outside. That seems to be, you know, a common theme for most TBTers. And then, as a 76ers fan, I kind of stayed home this week because there was a really big uh, scoring uh, mark by Deontay Christmas, who plays for the, the who plays. Uh, in the States for the Delaware 87ers, which is the D-League affiliate of the Philadelphia 76ers. He dropped 27 points in the season opener in a win over the Westchester Knicks. And he also teams up with Brandon Trish, uh, who is from Bayheim's Army. Deontay Christmas, 27 points, six assists, three rebounds. The combo guard from FOE, uh, a Temple guy. And also in that game was San Croma uh, from City of Gods, who helped his team get to the Final Four. Uh, he had 16 points, four rebounds, and two assists for the Westchester Knicks. So, you know, whether it's overseas, whether it's back at home, it seems like TBT players, are, there's at least two or three or four in every single game. Absolutely. Josh, how about you? Yeah, real busy week in Europe. And we'll begin with a post uh, that you actually put on the website, Dan, about there. Uh, I can never say it. Uh, maybe you can help me out. Oh, here, I found Dan. this Dare. out this week. This is this is great. Darushafaka Dosh, I think is how they say it. Darusha Faka. Okay, so yeah. uh, we're heading out there, and if you want to read more about them uh, and all their TBT connections, check the tournament.com. Dan uh, put a great post together about that. But the main, um, you know, one of the best players on their team, Brad Wanamaker from The Untouchables, you heard the interview with Aaron Minkoff uh, a minute ago. He had 18 points, five rebounds, he dished out seven assists and an 81 or 91 83 upset win over CSKA Moscow, which is actually uh, widely considered the best team in Europe right now. That was Moscow's first L of the season. Wanamaker has 14.7 and 5.4 dishes a game. And he's actually uh, in that when he beat Kyle Hines, who plays for CSA, CSKA Moscow. Again, um, one of the best teams, if not the best team right now in Europe. So a big upset win there for uh, Faka. Shane Gibson from Team Fancy, he's playing over in Bulgaria. He had 19 uh, points and five rebounds and a win earlier this week, and he's quietly play, uh, putting together a very good year, 20 points and 4.4 rebounds in Balkan League play so far on the year. He comes from Sacred Heart University. Eric Palm staying in the Balkan League. He uh, is having another great year. He, I felt like last year when we were doing some research, he do uh, dominated. He was over in somewhere else over in Eastern Europe, now in the Balkan League, playing very well. 19 points, and uh, th those 19 points he scored the other day happened to be his second-least productive scoring game of the year, which is uh, really amazing when you think of it. Uh, he's averaging 22.5 points and 4.7 assists a game, so uh, he and uh, eight games this year, and six of them he scored more than 19 points that he scored uh, just a night ago. So he's playing very well over in the Balkan League. Justin Jackson from Team BDB, the former ACC Defensive Player of the Year for Cincinnati, had a season-high 16 and only 15 minutes of work, and in 83-81 to 81 setback earlier this week, he's playing over for Energer Cesarni over in Poland. <laughs> I love these names. It's impossible to figure these out. This is great. Go ahead. 
Yeah, over in Europe, you really, uh, I need like a uh, phoenic guide to them or something. Yeah. Uh, a guy who's been making the list quite a bit, uh, quite a bit, Malik Waynes from Team Foe. He actually, um, he had, you know, what was it? Uh, 16.5 points, I'm sorry there. In, or 16, he's averaging 16.5 points, 15 points the other night. But what made it impressive was he actually was held scoreless just uh, three nights prior. He responded back with 15 points. He's playing over in Russia for uh, Inizzi. I feel like we've had a couple of TBT players over in there. Yeah, that's where uh, um, I think DJ Kennedy was last year. He was, yeah, that's right. And uh, he's actually, it's kind of night and day. He only has four point or uh, four points in six VTB league games. But when you go to Euro Cup, he's averaging 16.5 points in four games over there. So uh, quite the distinction, playing very good in Euro Cup action. Two more guys, one that uh, you mentioned to me right off the air, Dan. Kyle Fogg now playing over for Unijaka. Unic- I think it's Unicaja, um, Unic- Unicaja, was it Murcia? Mercia? Mer, uh, Mauritius? Unijaha Mer, Mercia, yeah. <laughs> That's right, okay. Um, regardless, he got, just got moved. He's actually starting now over there. He's averaging 14.8 points a game in Euro Cup action and eight points in, uh, in just a league play, but he's getting the starting role and uh, playing very well over there. And last, uh, an inside exclusive you got, Dan, James Gist. He's playing over in Greece, uh, the city of gods. He hurt his abductor. And a great quote you got from him uh, regarding the injury. Uh, Not to worry, I'm a machine. So, um, you know, based on that, looks like he should be back soon for them. And uh, it doesn't seem like he's too worried about that hurt abductor. Yeah. And from what I can tell, he plays for Panathiakos. But from what I can tell, he's a huge fan favorite over there, too. Uh, Fans just love him. He does a camp over in Greece every summer. So, Hopefully, he'll be back in action very soon. Uh, Guys, I have a trivia question, and here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put this trivia question out there. The first person that can email us the answer is going to get an exclusive TBT t-shirt. It hasn't even been released yet. We're going to uh, send that out to the person that can first email us at info at thetournament.com. Email address is info at thetournament.com. First person to email us the answer. You guys are not eligible. But the first person that emails us the answer is going to get this TBT t-shirt. And the question is, who is TBT's all-time leading scorer in his career? So in other words, who in all TBTs in the three years we've had them has scored the most career points in TBT? If you know the answer to that question, email us at info at the and you'll get an exclusive TBT t-shirt not available yet in stores or anywhere for that matter that we've just put under development. Uh, guys, any other parting words or things you want to talk about before we go? No, a fun podcast. Looking forward to uh, keep the ball rolling. And uh, if anyone listens to this you know, sometime next week, uh, have a great Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Maury, anything from you? Nope, same here. Maury, favorite fa- uh, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh, it's got to be the stuffing. I love, I love chunky stuffing. Uh, throw a little gravy on top. That's the best part. Obviously, you know, the tur- turkey's good. Mashed potatoes are good. Sweet potatoes. But there's really nothing like my mom's homemade stuffing. Josh, how about you? Now you go right to dessert. You get pumpkin pie. You get some uh, chocolate chip cheesecake. I, I'm, you know, quite the sweet tooth. So I, uh, I rush through everything else and get right to that. <laughs> Understandable. All right, guys. Appreciate your time. Remember that if you're listening on iTunes, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating or review. It'll help spread the word. Tell all your friends about the TBT podcast and make sure that if you know the answer to that question, email us at info at the and that exclusive TBT T-shirt will be yours. Guys, thanks a lot. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan.